welcome to the strangest edition of the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And, and we call it the strangest edition because we are gathering and recording over Zoom. So if you hear any stuff that doesn't sound picture perfect like normal, know that we're trying our best, we promise, uh, to both be socially distant while also giving you a good quality podcast this morning. Yes. So I also love that challenge that you just issued of the strangest recording of the podcast ever because now I just feel like something else weirder is going to happen down the road but who knows. I've, I've recorded a podcast episode from from Vail, Colorado before that when we were doing the summer thing. That's I feel true. Like this is, I mean this is one of the strangest for me. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully this one's a little simpler to put together than that one. I remember we had struggles with that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but I think our, our understanding of how everything works is a little better now than it was back in the day. Um, today we are in the middle of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And so we uh, are living in Johnson County in Texas, knowing that Dallas County and Tarrant County and Bayhar County down at San Antonio and a number of other counties across the state have issued shelter in place uh, warnings as of yesterday. Um, we don't have one here in Johnson County yet, but we do want to do our part to flatten the curve and uh, to prevent the spread of the corona, the novel coronavirus that is impacting our community right now. Um, if you want to know more about the coronavirus and if you're, you know, for whatever reason, just rolled out from under a rock and don't know what it is and don't know why we're doing all this, um, check I mean, out last that there are stories of that like coming out right now of like the big brother taping that was happening. They had no clue because they were in the middle of that. There were people who were on like desert, uh, like no cell phone reception services. So there are stories out there, internet. <laughs> so wow. y'all should take last week's episode of the Gather Grow Go podcast and tweet it at the people who were on Big Brother so that they can catch up and hear from Dr. Susie Whitworth. She was <laughs> awesome and amazing right. and, and a gift to so many of us in terms of helping us wrap our heads around this in, in a no spin, in a kind of condensed and easy to, to wrap our mind around kind of way. Yeah, and, it was so really helpful. It was, it was, at least for me. I want to get started a little bit. It, Melissa, Kiefer, what's up in your life right now? Where are you coming from? And uh, give us a little bit of what your last week has been like since we gathered together on the pod. Well, <laughs> Melissa's had a <laughs> worse week than me, but I'm just, I'm at my parents' house um, in Bedford. I decided I didn't want to quarantine by myself in my apartment in Fort Worth. So. But unfortunately, that does put me in, I mean, I, I would have been in Tarrant County anyway, but I'm, I'm in the shelter in place area uh, of the world. Um, but I mean, it's, I feel like I've had a pretty similar week to, almost everybody. I mean, everybody's, most people I know are working from home. That's what I've been doing and, and all of that. I did uh, online yet lessons yesterday, music lessons for, for another thing that I do. So that was fun, but it's just what? been, you know, working from home. Yeah. So um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, what's been going on in my life. Um, but if not, um, basically my week has started out by working at home um, at our dining room table is what we've kind of set up is our joint co-working space because my husband is also working remotely and we're both extroverts. So we like to be able to see another person's face um, when working. But also um, I 
caught um, a virus this week, not the novel coronavirus, praise be to God. Um, But uh, I did develop signs like, you know, running a low grade fever that couldn't be broken, um, having a dry cough, um, having uh, a sore throat, all the same symptoms that you would get if you did have um, COVID-19 which also I had been traveling right when all of this kind of broke out. So there was a very small concern about all that, even though I was right at the expiration of that timeline. So I went to the doctor uh, who just confirmed that I either have a flu or I have RSV. Yes, the thing that small children get, not grown adults, but here we are. 30 years later than than the average uh, diagnosee. That's Um, right. Hey, you know, we've always believed you were exceptional, and now we just have further further evidence of that fact, so. Yep. That's right. It's because of your faith like a child, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I just was confused. The disease was <laughs> she actually a child? <laughs> yes. Oh, my week has been very similar. It's been interesting. I've had a number of conversations with church members and other pastors about, you know, what's your week been like? And and a number of my pastor friends have like been playing with their children in the backyard and writing songs and doing all sorts of stuff in the last week. And, and I'm, and, and my mind blo- is blown when I hear that. I'm like, I'm happy for you. I love you, but we've had to flip our whole model of ministry in six days. And yeah. so uh, there ain't been no time for that. Uh, now we've gone on a walk every day at lunchtime and that's been fantastic. And um, we, you know, I smoked a good pork shoulder the other night, which was really quite tasty. Um, sorry, Keith. Um <laughs> It's okay. The uh, and 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 you know, part of flipping our model of ministry in, in six days involves what my my mother, who's a retired pastor, has lovingly uh, named the launching of our plotted our potted plant ministry. Uh, <laughs> so, if you have noticed, uh, we've started a series of. Uh, throughout the week devotional. So I'll do Tuesday mornings, Pastor Melissa does Thursday mornings. Mm-hmm. We've also had some musical vignettes from a number of our musicians uh, within the church offering uh, a gift of, of devotion through song uh, at different points in the week. And so, you know, when, when I sat up in the office here to record my little devotional, I had my little uh, that's funny potted plant just next to me. And then Melissa, when she did hers, had her potted plant just next to her. And when Kiefer recorded his uh, video <laughs> in the background of his deal, is a potted plant uh, <laughs> right, right by the window. And, and so, you know, we, we've launched our potted plant ministry and uh, just trying to remind us that the symbol of new life is always with us. And, um, or at least that's the theologizing after the fact. Uh, um, <laughs> Didn't even, I did not even notice that until right now that now that you're pointing it out, that's yeah. really funny. Um, yeah. So the other day I got a text message from a mom after worship saying, Hey, I see you continue the potted plant ministry. Um, and you know, and, uh, and Kiefer, she said you did great. So, so oh, good. <laughs> uh, potted plant. Ministry. Yay. Mama Hawk approves. So, um, but anyway, we, it's been a crazy week it, it, and I'm sure yeah. if, if any of, if our experience is not unique in this, and I don't think it is, it's been a crazy week for a lot of people. I, I know a lot of, friends of mine who are educators right now trying to figure out what does this online learning platform look like and how do we 
engage our kids without overwhelming our kids? And, and how do we make sure it's accessible mm -hmm. to all the kids? Uh, we can sometimes make some assumptions as semi-privileged or even very privileged folks that we have access to devices and to internet and all the things that make all the streaming platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, this is not just a, do you have Netflix and Disney plus and Amazon? So you don't get bored in the midst of this. It's, mm -hmm. can you connect to the classroom zoom so that people will, um, <laughs> so that people will know, um, and be able to learn in, in the midst of this season. And so, um, know that we know and acknowledge that life is crazy for all of us, but we are going to today continue in this series looking at the stories of Lent in part because part of what we do is we still connect to God even though things are crazy, even though things are different. God is still present and God is still with us. Um, you know, the 23rd Psalm has been ringing in my head over the last 10 days. Even when we walk through the darkest valley, we have nothing to fear because God is with us. And we are not alone. And so I hope that our amen, amen. No, absolutely. Amen. <laughs> Thanks be to it's God. Liturgic. That's the liturgy uh, that I grew up with. <laughs> my hope is that uh, as we encounter this Lenten story, um, it reminds us of God's place, even in the midst of our uncertainty and God's presence in the midst of this season of, of wandering in the wilderness, even though when we began it, we didn't have a clue how much of a wilderness it was going to be. Um, so we invite you to hear this story. Kiefer, you want to introduce our guest uh, today on the podcast? Yeah, sure. Um, speaking of the liturgy I grew up with. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so I grew up in the Methodist church, um, and I specifically grew up going to First Methodist in uh, Hearst, and the senior pastor there um, is named Philip Rhodes, and he continues to be and has always been just one of the people that I go to for all kinds of spiritual needs. When I started working in the church, uh, when I was in college, I had a lot of conversations with him about just things I was learning at the time. And he's just been one of the most helpful, um, one of the most helpful voices in my life um, with, with regards to that, but also just with regards to my faith um, in general. He's, he's a big part of the reason. And, and I mean, his wife to led my uh, senior uh, class, it was called mm -hmm. Bright 12. Like when I, so I mean, they're, they're, that family has just been sort of um, my, my like faith parents, I guess. I don't know. They've been like, they've been my other, my other set, my other family that I've just, um, kind of learned a lot from over my life. And so Philip Rhodes, um, is, is who our guest is today. And he's, he's going to drop some knowledge. It's a, it's weirdly fitting what he's talking about. Mm. I think for, do you, do you guys agree? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think Ash Wednesday on steroids, which feels <laughs> so much like our season right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I actually heard him talk about this. Um, I, I still play for a lot for their Saturday services. So I see him every week. And he talked about this, like, maybe a year ago, maybe last Lent. And um, he when he said he was gonna say that, um, I was like, Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about it. Like, I think it would be really great. And so, um, and I think everybody's gonna agree. So do you just want to, you want to jump in? You want to listen to it? Let's listen to it. All right. So, true confession, I, I haven't always enjoyed the season of Lent. It usually would just been a time where I'd have to give something up, and the fact of the matter is, is it usually may be more cranky than prayerful. So, I never thought much about Lent, but that all changed about a year and a half ago. 
So, I get this magazine every two weeks. It's called The Christian Century. It's got some interesting articles in each issue and a different theme that runs throughout all of it. It's a thread. So, at the end of October in 2018, I got my Christian Century magazine. So, the front cover pictured a cell phone laying on a table with earbuds next to it. And the screen of the cell phone was black and it had a message in white lettering. The message read, Don't forget you're going to die. And I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, what in the world is this about? Just like you right about now. But it sparked my interest a little. And lo and behold, I read the article explaining what this is. It's an app, you know, for your smartphone. The app is called We Croak. We Croak. So five times a day, We Croak sends an alert to its users. They arrive at random times and random moments, but the message is always the same. Across the screen of your phone, don't forget you're going to die. The whole thing is based on a Bhutanese saying that says, to find happiness, contemplate death five times a day. And immediately, I thought of Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent. That one day, that Ash Wednesday, the one day in the whole Christian calendar that we can't escape the idea that we're made from dust and to dust we will return. So I spent the 99 cents, I downloaded the app, and every day since the end of October 2018, I've received a message five times a day. I'm reminded of my own mortality. Oh, and as a bonus, the reminder offers a random quote that as well, a reflective piece. Now, I don't know if I can say this app has changed my life, but it's been really, really interesting. So it was an angry, ugly email, shortened to the point, anonymous of course. Actually, it came from an extremist group said, I didn't have the guts to be a leader, I was a follower, not a leader, etc, etc, and I got really, really angry about it. Of course, my cell phone buzzed, so thinking I got a text, I looked at it. Don't forget, you're going to die. Open the app for a quote. So I did. This was the quote. To get out of your anger, you can close your eyes and visualize the other person in 300 years. What will they become? Ash. And you too. Some Bhutanese mystic said that, and to be honest, I don't even know if I believe that, but I felt calmer, and I simply deleted the email. It was about the middle of Advent, and it was pretty busy. My mom had called several times about my then-upcoming trip to England for her birthday in January, and I hadn't called her back, and so she resorted to, like, text-bombing me in meetings while studying, and I remember thinking I should call her back, and, and, and when I get the time, I'll, I'll do that, and my cell phone bust. Don't forget, you're going to die. So I opened the quote. The quote said, Only put off until tomorrow what you are willing to die having left undone. Pablo Picasso said that. So I dropped everything, walked out the meeting, and called my mother. Most weeks I run by what I'm going to preach on a, on a, on a, on a regular basis by, by my clergy and staff, and they both encourage me and discourage me from saying certain things. I don't know why I do this. I'm not sure I can believe them anyway. I remember being much braver as, a, as a, an associate pastor with respect to what I thought my senior pastor should say than I am these days. After all, preaching, if it's anything, is an exercise in vulnerability. Prophetic preaching is even harder. That's never been more true than the past year and a half with our denominational difficulties. So it was about the middle of February in 2019. I was second-guessing everything, feeling somewhat puny and small, especially after the call general conference and my phone buzzed. Don't forget, you're going to die. And I read the quote. 
I realize that if I wait until I am no longer afraid to act, write, speak, be, I'll be left trying to send messages, cryptic complaints from the other side. Audrey Lord said that. So I for one think that perhaps we need more than just a yearly reminder of our own mortality. I know I need that. And we live in a culture that's so constantly trying to avoid thinking about it. A culture where being young is preferred to growing old. 50's a new 40? That's a lie. My body tells me that every single day. And don't get me started on how much money we spend just trying to look younger than we are. Don't forget, you're going to die. The ashes lent this season begs us to remember this, not out of some morbid motivation, but as a call to live deeper and more meaningful lives, a call to awareness that our living has a purpose and should never be squandered on the trivial. When God first formed humanity from the dust of the ground, God breathed into the first human the breath of life, the breath, the spirit, the ruach of God animated the first human to live. And that same breath animates us. Without the breath of God, we would still be dust. And in the season of Lent, we're filled with the prospect of our humble beginnings and our end. But in the meantime, we live deeper, more purposeful, more loving, godly lives. So that, whether living or dying, our lives are in God. See, Lent's taken on a whole different meaning for me. And it's all from, a, from an app that just reminds me of my own mortality five times a day and offers me a quote. Joyce Rupp wrote a poem entitled The Echo of Ashes. She says, The echo of the lint-stained ashes speak the truth of my humanity, the humbleness of my beginning, the simplicity of my departure. A few wise words echoing through Lent urge me to deeper things, renewed dedication, constant compassion, and mindful awareness. I leave marveling at how simple and sublime in this envelope of the soul, which one day returns to dust, dust, only dust. Don't forget, you're going to die. He might be one of the only people that I know who can really handle saying that, but I don't feel like bad after hearing, like, do you know what mm. I, like he doesn't leave you, it's not, I'm not, I wasn't like afraid or like sad after I listened to this. I don't know if yeah, you guys. Yeah, it wasn't a beating over the head. It no. was just this like hard truth. Like I love to say this phrase a lot of that we need to be people who are willing to say hard truths with grace. And I feel like that was the whole thing that he did. Like, that's just a hard truth we all have to embrace, that we are going to die. But the way that he tells it to us is with such grace that there yeah. isn't, like, it's not fear. It's not meant to scare you to do something, but it's just meant to allow you to, like, to hold that space for you, to um, embrace that realization and allow that to impact your life life in positive ways which is the opposite of the way that we see a lot of people handling it yeah i love the inherent invitation in it right the invitation to allow 
that realization, not to scare the crap out of you, not to uh, invite you to uh, to a space that you know is fear driven, but to a space of intentionality, right? Yeah. You know, it, if if you died today, do you want that anger and that frustration and that bitterness that you're holding toward that person that put just pushed your button to be the last thing you experience? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think yeah. so. Right. But there's grace in the midst of that. Cause I've even had that kind of conversation with guilt attached to it before. Right. That mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. Um, when I first heard Philip's story, when Kiefer sent it to me, I was reminded, um, my parents who have already made appearance on this podcast, uh, today, uh, went to an Ash Wednesday service that was not ours. Let's make that, uh, declaration right now. Uh, But the pastor in the course of the Ash Wednesday service invited them to look around. And and this is one of our churches that is graying, right? Like many churches. Um, And he invited them to look around and and, and as a part of that invitation to acknowledge our humanity, he said, no, that 10% of y'all aren't going to be here next year. And and did it with such a way that they left going, holy cow. I'm not ready for that right now. That would Jesus. like, there wasn't, there wasn't <laughs> grace in it. There wasn't, um, yeah. does that make sense? And, and, and again, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here, but, <clears throat> but there was that level of you're going to die. <laughs> this full year. Stop. Right, this <laughs> full year, stop. Full That's stop. Different. <laughs> no hope, no grace, no invitation to intentionality. Just look around. One in 10 of you is dead. Mm. Good luck. Right? Good luck. Um, right? The Hunger Games has officially right. begun. Rock, paper, scissor tournament in the back. Ready, go. Um, you know, it, it, and I think that is the beauty. I mean, because especially in this, in this season, right, where we're, we're hearing and we're seeing the, what is happening in Italy right now, right, where doctors are facing the terrible choice of trying to decide, mm. you know, who's going to get care and who's not going to get Ugh. care, right? Yeah. And, I can't even begin to imagine, right? The, the ethical struggle of making that choice as somebody who's made an oath to preserve life, right? Um, and, and so as we sit here and, and in this season where death is a collectively at the fore, I so deeply appreciate the invitation that Philip gave us as an acknowledgement of the truth, but also an acknowledgement of the truth with absolute grace. The invitation to say, how do we live fully and completely for today and make choices for ourselves and for others with absolute grace in the midst of that mortality? Yeah, I feel like, you know, in this season, um, some of the, you know, well, first off, there is so much more content to be consumed online as everyone mm-hmm. has to go online um, to get that, gain some kind of semblance of um, social connection to yeah. people. Um, and some of the things that I've seen that I have deeply appreciated from some different voices is a permission to not feel the need to be super productive, mm-hmm. to lose mm-hmm. 20 pounds in this, to do all the things, but instead to just give yourself permission to be still, Mm -hmm. to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I almost feel like the way that Philip's story held this real truth 
felt like those voices in the midst of a lot of voices saying, do, 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 like keep the engine, the typical engine running, but in this very different way. Instead, it felt like Phillips was this invitation to say, you're also allowed to have moments that are um, unproductive. Um, you're allowed to have moments that are different. Um, for me, like I heard it, Daniel, even in just your small recognition of like, but every day at lunch, you get to walk with your family. And yeah. that's been like, mm. this is a time where I think if we, we can either get caught up in the whirlwind of like the fact that we're all having to look at death on a worldwide scale and get caught up in the frenzy of that um, and leave like your parents did from that uh, church service <laughs> being like, oh, great. Um, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Help me, help me, help right. me. Yeah. Right. Or we can go um, hearing Phillips like holding that space of truth of this is real, but there's nothing to be afraid of it in it. It's just reality. Mm -hmm. um, and when we hold it in that space, we can go back to our homes looking for more intention of, you know, whether it's choosing not to quarantine by yourself, Kiefer, but to quarantine with family, <laughs> right. right? And you've had some fun stuff that is like come out of that. Patrick and I found ourselves standing in our kitchen last night at like 9.30 p.m., like not a time we'd typically be standing in the kitchen, just having like a silly conversation. And it was just like this moment wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. Like just being able to acknowledge that the uniqueness of the way we even as just a married couple get to engage in this time hmm. um, there's some real beauty in it that we can hold as well yeah mm. i don't know uh, the, <clears throat> sorry the uh de death for me has always been like a like maybe the main like thing the mental thing to tackle as a christian like the hmm. it, in in my in terms of faith it's just because i mean we always say like we're an Easter people, like, like death and resurrection is the, is the heart of the theology. I, I, I would, is, would y'all agree? Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know. So I, I tend to be always... a little bit of a heretic. I tend to be incarnation focused first and then death and resurrection second, but. Um, oh, that's blasphemy right there. <laughs> it, it is. It is. <laughs> no, well, there is a list that you exists. You gotta have the first one first, right? Incarnation has to happen before you can have death and resurrection. I'm just saying. That's, that's I'm true. I'm just saying. See, this is why I, I y'all went to seminary. I, I just, <laughs> and personally, it's for me though, it's that I maybe, maybe I'll say it this way. The death has always been maybe the more like intriguing to me, like to think about, I, I don't know. For, for, for me, for some reason, I, I almost, I want to say I get it. Like God coming here, that part, like at least more comforting and less complex to me. Maybe mm. it's just, maybe it's more complex for other people, but death and resurrection has been the more complex um, one for me in my lifetime. And I think that just, the reality of what Philip was saying about um, just just knowing that it's it there is no way that it's it's it is a part of it, but we still even as Christians often treat it as as like it's this this thing. I mean, I don't want to say it's not a terrible thing because of the the wake of grief that it leaves for people. This is always the complex. This mm. is always the the complicated part of the discussion is because it's it is this horrible thing in in that it leaves, you know, horrible feelings and things behind when it happens. But it's also like the only thing we know is ever going to happen, which is mm. always just like boggled. Like it's, it's, the, it's the only certain part of, <laughs> of life, which is always this weird thing for me to try and think about, especially as a seven who's always trying to like 
outdo bad things <laughs> like in my head. It's just, it's the only certain thing that's going mm. to happen in my life, which is, which is a weird thing to think about. And so I think the way he presented it too, of just sort of knowing, and he didn't, he didn't go in like a joyful way, like, but we're, we're going to all be in heaven too. It's like very focused on like the, the, what we do while we're alive um, for certain. I, I liked about what he was saying. I don't, I don't know. There was, it just, this conversation is, yeah, I love, it's my mental wheels going. I love that permission to not, not every sermon needs a bow on the mm-hmm. end of it. Not mm-hmm. every um, thing that we watch or engage with needs like a happy ending to mm-hmm. it. Um, because if that's all we get, then that's how deep our life or our theology will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but Good Friday is, you know, just as important as the incarnation was to make resurrection people be a thing for us. So is Good Friday. Yeah. Um, without the death piece of it, we wouldn't be resurrection people. Um, so we also have to be willing to go to that space too. Yeah, Kiefer, as you were talking, I was reminded, you know, one of the the joys and and um, blessings, I think, in an odd way of pastoral ministry is being able to walk with people uh, in the face of death. And and one of the truths that I have seen lived out and struggled for years to come up with language for is is that it's a paradox, right? The love that makes life worth living is the same love that makes dying so hard. Mm. Um, Wow. The kind of love that spurs a life that you long to have with your family, with your community, with your friends, with the people who you care about the most forms the foundation on which the grief will be built. Mm. Um, and, and, And over the years I've tried to invite people to name acknowledge and lean in to that because yes it's the love that's going to make you cry but it's also the same love again paradoxically that will help sustain you through it um as you grieve so um you know your your sevenness that looks to get the absolute best out of every little moment of life and see you know know that that actually is deeply integrated um with grief and death long term um, but it will actually make life, you know, I think, uh, more, uh, it might make death harder, but it will make life much more worth living in the inter- intermediate period. You're going to hate me for going here, but did you, did we make you watch Avengers Age of Ultron? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's, there's a great line at the end of that movie where they're both, the, <laughs> both the robots are talking <laughs> Okay. and, okay. and, uh, all, the evil one asks the the good one that was created, you know, like right. some question and um, about, or he says something about how they've, they've just won. And um, like the, all of the humans are going to die anyways. Like they're, they're going to, they're not going to last. Like, why did you mm. fight to save them? Like, you know, they're doomed anyway. And he said, and his response is yes, but a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. It's a privilege to be among them. And I've always mm. loved that line. <laughs> For, I've always felt in a Christian perspective, the, the very connected to that. Like it's, because I, I think I, I think at the time that I saw the movie, I was really like, I was like, I wonder what it would be like to have like been around when Jesus was around. Like, would mm, I be yeah. different? Like, would I be, would I, am I more like uh, 
is it oh god is it peter or thomas it's thomas they needed to touch the touch the wings yeah Yeah, but you know like all of that like what i if i saw him would i have different faith like like all of this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and i remember hearing that being like yeah that that'd be cool i don't know it's a it's a privilege to be among who you're among and there's probably an equal or there i would say theologically now i would say there is an equal amount of jesus present now Mm -hmm. than there always has been you know and yeah um, but i don't know it's uh that's just a crazy thing. It is. And, and I think part of what I hear in Philip's invitation is to be willing to accept the gift of being present, right? Um, knowing that it won't last, right? Uh, but there can be beauty even in, in the day-to-day in the midst of it. Church, we thank you so much for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And and now that we have gathered together, I want to issue an invitation to grow. And and as Pastor Melissa spoke just a little bit earlier, um, our invitation to grow today is not by doing something new or doing something extra. But your invitation is to be present. To be present with the people you love. To have conversations in the kitchen at 930 at night. To, to go walk empty streets, to sit in the backyard, or to play music with your family. Be present with the people who mean the most to you. Because the moment may not last forever. But in that moment, there's presence and there is love. And that's where the gift is. And now go. Receive a strange blessing for a strange time know that you will die and yet still Christ is with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.